Manx Radio's update with Andy Wint. Thanks to my good evening at South House 5. This is update for Tuesday, 14th of February 2023 from Manx Radio. 30 minutes to look at the latest news on the island and background to the news and sport and business and sea watch and travel updates and the newsmakers in person tonight. Aaron Michael MHK Tim Johnson joins the Council of Ministers. TT Funfair boss has his say. Nominations open for a seat on Peel Commissioners. Routine breast screening is back in 10 days and 90 years on tributes paid to Marion Shimon MHK. Man Benham for all your business and legal needs. First of all, at 29 minutes ahead of 6 o'clock, the update news headlines, Faster My, Dave Moore. Faster My, the new Enterprise Minister, says he wants to provide clear leadership and create the right conditions for the Manx economy to prosper. Aaron Michael MHK Tim Johnston will also stay on as chair of Manx Utilities until a successor is appointed. Routine breast screening is expected to restart within 10 days. Manx Care says the suspension of the service should be lifted by February 24th. The government's concerned about losing significant amounts of money if people working in emergency and frontline services leave their posts within the first five years. The Department of Home Affairs says they're tackling issues with recruitment and retention. Further afield, NATO's Secretary General says the alliance will provide support to Ukraine for as long as it takes. It's been meeting to discuss sending more weapons to Kyiv. Jens Stoltenberg says Russia's underestimated the unity of Western countries. Two police officers in London and Kent are facing a gross misconduct hearing over the handling of separate reports of indecent exposure by Wayne Cousins. The 49-year-old pleaded guilty to three charges, one of which was just days before he murdered Sarah Everard. And officers investigating the death of Brianna J.I. in Warrington say they're exploring whether it was a hate crime. They've been given more time to question two 15-year-olds on suspicion of murder. Those are the update news headlines. The next bulletin is at six. Man Benham. Contact us by phone, video call, email or face-to-face. We're happy to connect with you. Manx Radio Weather with Manx Glass and Glazing. Goromaya, thank you, Dave. From the Runnels Way Met Office, there's a strong wind warning in operation for the North Irish Sea. State of Sea, moderate, occasionally rough. And the matrix signs at Hilbury, Bagarrow, Solby and Ramsey showing drifting fog patches on the mountain this evening. Going to be dry and uh, this evening and tonight with clear spells. Going to be cloudy later on towards dawn, a strong southerly wind. And we're down to six degrees. For Jacrane Wednesday, tomorrow rain first thing, clearing up about midday, leaving sunny spells on a strong southerly, veering west-southwesterly up to 9 Celsius. Outbreaks of rain Wednesday evening and overnight, minimum 7 and 4. Thursday, Jordane, a wet start, drying up but staying cloudy on a light variable breeze, daylight maximum 12. Tides on the way out, low water 10 to midnight tonight, high tide 13 minutes to 6 tomorrow morning and the sun rises at 21 minutes to 8. Visit the Banks Glass and Glazing website and see a range of products from windows to doors, mirrors to splashbacks. Manxglass.com.
After saying at his uh, election manifesto he wasn't uh, going to be a minister, Aaron Michael, MHK, Tim Johnston has now agreed to join Alfred Cannon's cabinet in charge of enterprise. While Laurie Hooper can now concentrate on just one department, health and social care, Mr Johnston stays on pro tem as uh, Manx Utilities chair. He's been in frontline politics for less than two years. So what qualities did the chief minister, Mr Cannon, see in his constituency colleague? In the past uh, couple of administrations, we've seen a newcomer come into a ministerial post re- relatively quickly. I don't know uh, what the exact time scales, but I certainly think uh, you know Howard Quayle and Lawrence Skelly, for example, were fairly quick risers under the un- under Alan Bell. I could put another. And what course, was it in Mr. Johnson you saw that thought you thought yeah he'll do the well, job? I th- I, my job is really to put together the best council that I can, and uh, I, you know. Tim has been in uh, Department for Enterprise now since he came in to politics and he has clearly indicated his support for the island plan. He's in- indicated uh, his understanding of that and his support for a number of work streams attached to that, including the need to, to grow the economy and create 5,000 new jobs, 1,800 for this administration. Uh, and the circumstances met, meant, I think, in evaluating who should come in to fill that post that he was always going to be a contender and, and hence the offer that was made to him. His manifesto said he didn't want to be a minister. What changed his mind? Were you I, well, I, I, his mind? Well, I think a lot of MHKs make commitments in, in manifestos. Uh, that for whatever reason, normally through collective responsibility, but sometimes through personal choice that they're unable to fulfill. And I think circumstances have been such that there is a national need, there is an opportunity to contribute. It's a very, very um, tough time in terms of what's happening around us globally. It's a tough time for our, our economy. And really, people, we need to put all, all, all hands to, to, to the pump. And I'm very grateful for Tim for considering the, the position and for determining, actually, that the best course of action in the national interest is for him to step up. Routine breast screening is expected to restart within 10 days. Manxcare says the suspension of the service should be lifted by the 24th of this month. Health and Social Care Minister Laurie Hooper, MHK, was quiz done why it had been stopped in the first place in House of Keys today, a question prompted by the North Douglas MHK John Wannenberg. In this case the change is, is predominantly about quality assurance, it's about involving our local team more in the, in the decision making process. It's clear that what needs to happen going forward is when these things are happening I think clear communication as early as possible to provide that information, that reassurance really to people that mm-hmm. nothing's changing on the ground, you're going to see a, an improved service as a result of it, this. The PR it, team obviously and we in the media said why is this happening and we're told we can't tell you which of course leads to a whole lot of speculation. Yeah, I think when the issues like this are quite complicated uh, behind it, so you'll have heard that in the answer this morning, it's not a straightforward uh, issue uh, that's arisen that needed to be resolved. I think it is sometimes quite difficult to have those conversations with, with media outlets. I think the key thing and the key part of the message uh, really is that it's a, it is a temporary uh, suspension. And like I said this morning, uh, everything will be back up and running in the next couple of weeks. Anyone that's been uh, delayed will be seen by the end of March. This, this thing is happening quite quickly. Uh, we already screen people uh, far more regularly than they do in the UK. So we do a two-year screening rather than three. You know, there, there, there was two things to that urgent question. A was the was the, the manner of that press release, which was wheeled out at three minutes past five on a Friday afternoon, which results in a lot of anxiety for people who need breast screening over the weekend. Um, uh, frankly, that's not good enough. We, we need to be better than that. It, it, it looks at Max Care are a little indifferent 
um, and, and frankly, they need to get better at what they do and, and, and how they tell people what they are doing. And secondly, um, the issue of, of the actual mammogram checks. They, um, I think there's, there's a willingness by Manx Care to move to a, to, well, to, to, to dovetail with the UK offering, which means a, a check every three years. Now, currently on the island, we have every two years. Mrs. Christian was the one who brought it up that are they diluting our offering to what the UK is? If we're better than the UK, that's, what we, that's where we should be. If you have a news story for Manx Radio to investigate and report, email newsroom at manxradio.com or call 682-631 any time of day or night. Fast to mind, 22 minutes before 6 this Tuesday evening. Entries are open for the first road race of the Manx Shores of 2023, the pre-TT Classic Road Races. So what's the interest like for this year's event, which has had to undergo some changes for this year? From the Southern 100 Club, Phil Edge. You're looking good. We had 114 in. We did had a race committee meeting on Sunday evening, just gone. And there were 114 entries, which is good uh, on par with this time last year. And the classes are building up nicely. Generally over the main, there's a couple of classes a little bit down at the moment, which will no doubt build up over, because entries don't close till the end of March. So hopefully people will be getting their entries in. You say you've already got a nice list of newcomers coming in as well. The fact that there is still that interest, particularly in these, you know, these classic machines from those coming through as well as the more established names, that must be really encouraging to see. It certainly is, yes, after the still recovering from the after effects of the pandemic and with the way the financial matters are at the moment, it's very encouraging. This situation with um, with Northern Ireland, the fact that these meets have been called off means it's a big chunk of the road racing calendar, as it were, that is as it stands going to be missing so the fact that there are still events like the Southern 100 and the Pre-TT that can take place just how important are these other road racing events outside of TT to make sure riders can reach their ambitions of getting to somewhere like the TT itself on the mountain course it's very important Um, you know if you've got knowledge of the roads if you look back over the history of the races on the mountain course the number of Irish riders north and south that have won over the years from the very beginnings that the knowledge of being able to ride on the roads and the vagaries of the roads compared to short circuits, it uh, certainly helps them. Nominations to fill the vacant seat on Peel Commissioners have opened. People wanting to stand have until 1 o'clock on the 20th of February to submit a declaration of interest form and a nomination paper to the Clerk of the Commissioners. That story from Rianne Evans. The by-election was sparked after Mike Wade resigned from the board last month. If the election is contested, Tested, it will take place on the 21st of March. Local democracy reporter Emma Draper spoke to the clerk and deputy returning officer at the commissioners, Derek Sewell, about how people can stand. The key thing is you need a proposer and you need a seconder. Obviously, you also need to, as a candidate to be on the electoral roll for the island. You've also got to be over 18 and there are certain disqualifications in relation to if you've got a criminal record you'd have to be mindful of. As well as this, prospective candidates also need the backing from eight people on the Peel Electoral Register. Residents will also be able to vote by proxy or by post if they aren't able to get to the polling station. So the postal votes are really just to replace the absent votes. Uh, So if you want a postal vote... When you live within the Isle of Man, the notice stipulates it's got to be in by the 13th of March. 
Sea Watch with the Isle of Man Steam Packet Company. Mildership Ben McCree departed Hesham at seven minutes past two. She's just nosing her way into the inner harbour at the moment. We'll be on the link span in the next ten minutes or so. Departing this evening at 7.45. Arriving in Hesham about half past eleven. The overnight departure 2.15am back to Douglas at six o'clock. And the morning departure for Hesham from Douglas for the Ben is at 8.45. Follow the Steam Packet on Twitter for the latest sailing information. The bank's government's at risk of losing significant amounts of money if people working within emergency and frontline services leave their posts within the first five years. The admission from the chief exec of the Department of Home Affairs, Dan Davis, who says he believes it's due in part to people not having a vocation. But prison governor Leroy Bonick says staffing within the prison is now in a better place after a barren spell. We've got a training course of new prison officers, which consists of seven that'll take us up to our numbers. And we've done some recruiting where we've had some officers coming across from the UK as well that they need a short induction because they're already established officers so they have a two week induction and they can hit the ground running and again I think Declan has alluded to we're growing our own in terms of probation service so I'm confident in years to come we've had a big reform obviously when I took over we looked at the whole senior management team structure in terms of savings and what we could do so yes we are in a better place and I'm confident moving forward we can retain the stuff that we're uh, currently investing in. I think within the Fire and Rescue Service, the recent recruitment drivers had not a, a, a particularly good response rate. It's, it's been okay. Um, and there are lots of complexities around recruitment. You know, the job market here is is really buoyant, actually. And, you know, would you, in some cases, want to go and work 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and, you know, be at risk of violence uh, in certain circumstances for, for £24,999 a year? Or would you want to go and work in a bank, nine to five, Monday to Friday? And we should be really grateful for those people within the Department of Home Affairs who do that, because it's a vocation in lots of cases. There's a, a real commitment. But I think as the job market evolves and a different cohort of people come through who perhaps don't have a lifelong vocation to do things and who are transitory, it presents more challenge. You know, I think lots of millennials probably say it jobs four to five years we invest significant amounts in training people to do often really specialist roles and so if they leave within the first five years then we've, we've lost a really sunk amount manx radio business briefing at 16 minutes before six tullo oil has filed requests for arbitration with the international chamber of commerce in london over a 387 million dollar tax dispute with ghana the tax assessments relate to the disallowance of loan interest deductions for the fiscal years 2010 to 2020 and proceeds received by tullo under its business interest Interruption insurance policy. Tullo argued that the two disputed tax assessments breach its rights under the petroleum agreements and the decision to file for arbitration doesn't result in any change to the overall exposure previously disclosed. For a full daily market report, go to RamseyCrookcourt.com. The Financial Times has published its annual ranking of MBA programs worldwide of the top tier of 18 of 100 business schools, included are 13 from the United States, including Harvard, Stanford and Berkeley, two institutions in France, 
France, INSEAD placed second and HEC Paris, one school in Spain, uh, the third placed IESE, and one in Italy, SDA Bocchini. Another, of course, is the London Business School in the UK. Columbia Business School, MBA's program in New York, was ranked as first in the world. The prestigious league table reshapes methodology reflecting the shifting priorities of students. Salary today and salary increase categories are now worth 32% of the weighted ranking, down from 40% previously. A new carbon footprint rank is worth 4% and the ESG net zero uh, teaching rank worth 3%. Both have just been introduced. 12 of the 14 highest paying MBAs are from the United States business schools led by Stanford with an average weighted alumni salary of $248,669. The MBA ranking was first published in 1999. The Stock Market Report. Brought to you by Ramsey Crookall. UK and European markets were choppy in afternoon trade. US stocks fell after the January Consumer Price Index showed inflation was up by 6.4% annual rate. The dollar fell to a two-week low. Oil fell and gold gained after the dollar slipped after data shows signs of cooling inflation in the United States. And the numbers from Ramsey Crookall. At the close in London, the FTSE 100 was uh, up fractionally eight hundredths of a percent at 7,953. The DAX in Frankfurt, down just over a tenth of a percent at 15,380. In the United States a short time ago, the Dow Jones down just over one and a tenth of a percent at 33,855. The Nasdaq Tech Stocks Index down almost three quarters of a percent at 11,806. And the S&P 500 down nine tenths of a percent at 4,101. In the exchange markets, the British pound sterling is currently trading at one US dollar, 21.4 cents, one euro, 13.3 cents, and 21 South African Rand, 77.8 cents. And in commodities, gold's down three-tenths of a percent at $1,846 per troy ounce, and a barrel of Brent crude down almost four-tenths of a percent at $85.42. The world was a very different place when Ramsey Crookall set up business back in 1946. But his passion for providing outstanding service and looking after every client as if they were one of the family has endured for over 76 years. So if you're looking for the continuity of a personal, bespoke investment strategy, perhaps it's time to look at our discretionary services. Trustworthy, dependable and tailored. Ramsey Crookle, the island's investment specialist. Call 717171 or visit ramseycrookle.com. Licensed and regulated by the Isle of Man Financial Services Authority. The Isle of Man in 30 minutes. Update on Manx Radio with Andy Wind. Faster by 90 years ago today, Marion Shimin was sworn in to become the first female member of the House of Keys. The anniversary was marked in today's sitting by the Speaker, Juan Watterson. Before we turn to the business of the House this morning, I'm very grateful to Diane Kelsey, MLC, for pointing out that today is the 90th anniversary of the swearing-in of our first female MHK, Marion Shimon, the Honourable Member for Peel from 1933 until 1942. Mrs Shimon supported and helped get her <coughs> husband, Christopher Shimon, elected as MHK three times and encouraged him to expose unfair practices against the working people of Peel. Her commitment to improve the quality of life for ordinary working people was recognised, as on the death of Christopher in 1933, she herself was elected as MHK for Peel. The biography by Culture Vannin reveals that this was not a sympathy vote, but one which recognised her integrity and strength of character, and her determination to try and effect change. She was enormously proud to be part of
part of Tynwald and took her role as the first woman member very seriously. She was, of course, a trailblazer, and it is reassuring that 90 years later, our society is far more equal, and this is reflected in the composition of this chamber and, indeed, the Council of Ministers. Manx Radio Sport. Fast am I, Rob Pritchard. Fast am I. Good evening. Starting this evening with cycling, and it was a quiet day for Mark Cavendish on stage four of the Tour of Oman, which took place earlier today. Those involved took on a 204.9 kilometre route, the longest stage of the tour, which began in Iski and finished with a climb into the Yeti Hills. The stage was won by Italian rider Diego Ulisi, with Cavendish, who wasn't expected to be in contention come the end of the stage, finishing four minutes and 13 seconds after the winner. As of the end of today, Today's fourth stage, Cavendish and the Astana Kazakhstan squad sit 15th in the team standings, going into tomorrow's final run from Samail to Jabal Al-Akhtar. Turning now to athletics and Manx athlete Sarah Astin secured a top three finish whilst taking on competition in Europe at the weekend. Representing England in the senior women's group, she was part of the England squad which took on the Lotto Cross Cup event in Diest in Belgium on Sunday the 12th of February. Over a demanding course covering 9,070 metres, Astin finished in a time of 32 minutes 58 seconds to take third place at the event. It's the second time in three weeks Astin has impressed for England out in Belgium in 2023 already. Back on the weekend of the 20. 21st and 22nd of January, Aston finished 9th representing England in the Cross Cup to Hanut in the 800m senior women's race. And finally, TT rider Rob Hodson is set to ride for SMT Racing on the Snaefell Mountain course later this year. The announcement comes after Hodson confirmed on the 3rd of February he was leaving the Daffabet Racing team after three seasons to pursue new ventures. For TT 2023, Hodson will ride a Honda Fireblade machine in the senior, superbike and super stock classes. Meanwhile, he'll utilise a R6 Yamaha and Z650 Kawasaki for the super sport and super twin categories respectively. The move means he'll link up with SMT Racing team owner Robin Croft, who returned to the TT last year after a five-year absence. Previously, Crofters fielded prominent names such as John McGuinness, Michael Rutter, Dan Stewart and Tim Reeves. Manx Radio Travel, driven by Keyside Tyres and Service Centre. Inbound at Ronald's Way, the 5.25 Logan Air from Manchester came in five minutes late. Next uh, inbound is the half past seven EasyJet from Manchester and also the half past seven EasyJet from London Gatwick. Then it's the 5.28 inbound Logan Air returning patient transfer plane from Liverpool and then the five past eight latterly the Logan Air from London City. Outbound tonight, six o'clock. Logan Air patient transfer plane to Liverpool showing on time the 10 past 8 EasyJet back to Manchester and the 10 past 8 EasyJet back to London Gatwick on the roads temporary lights in Ramsey on Marketplace uh, 24 hours a day they're working on a new pedestrian crossing still got that uh, new pedestrian crossing being built in Victoria Street Douglas narrow lanes and a temporary crossing there also Princess Road Douglas closed for patching work Temporary lights on Annika Lane, Douglas, uh, near the Heron for a new pedestrian crossing. Uh, the coast road's closed between Jerby and the Len for resurfacing, and the uh, Balamina Road has phased closures in Jerby for water main replacement. Temporary lights in May Hill, Ramsey, for water supply work in Port Erin. Those temporary lights on the Bradder Road for that retaining wall work should wrap up by the end of this week, if not before. Temporary lights on the main road in Ballabeg near Arbury Parish Hall for a new zebra crossing. Castle Street, Castletown, still one way northbound till mid-April. And temporary closures in Peel around East Quay and the Promenade for work on the road surface and pavements. And between Peel and St John's, temporary lights on the main road for work on the pavements. And in Regaby, a series of temporary closures on Regaby West Road for water main replacement. 
Massimo Tyres. Budget tyres priced to keep your vehicle safe and legal. Only available at... After decades as a household name on the island, Pascoe's of Tremode will shut its doors for the final time this spring. Verena Briscoe tells us why they've decided to close for good. For various reasons, personal and um, and location, really. The building is an old building, you know, it needs things doing, so it would have been nice to carry the business on, but I don't think that's going to happen now, but who knows. But, um, Mr and Mrs Pascoe began it back in, I think, the 70s, but certainly they they were here in the early 80s in this building. I think we're one of the few really independent stores. We're a very small company, we're only a small staff. We've got a lot of loyal customers because we, we, we would like to thank them all because, um, yes, a lot of our customers we've had for, for many years. We've been pleased about that. We've had some new customers, but many older loyal customers, yes. Oh, I've had plenty to do in my time. Gardening, um, walking, that Well, sort of exactly, thing. yes, yes, and and looking after the house, which has been sadly neglected with the pressures of Pascoe's. Douglas Council given 107 households a bigger bid and the council's been adamant it won't reverse the fortnightly bin collection policy back to weekly collections, has our local democracy reporter Emma Draper. The local authority says it has only received 164 requests for household bin assessment and the majority of its 12,000 residents have adjusted well to the change. It also says the recycling rates in the town have trebled and it will be extending the garden waste collection from February to November this year. The information was revealed at a council meeting early this month following a series of questions from councillor Stephen Crellin. In September last year, the council introduced a fortnightly bin collection service which led to a number of complaints. Residents were informed of the change but at a requisition meeting held in December many felt there had been a lack of consultation about the new policy. The council says its overall initiative is to encourage responsible waste management minimising the environmental impact of the waste the borough generates. It's on record the Manx government won't be organising the TT Fun Fair for this year, but have said the fair could apply to come themselves. So we spoke to the operator, Dave Taylor, to see what his plans are. We pay a lot of money. We don't make hundreds of percent of profit. We pay the Isle of Man Shipping Company, Steam Packet. We pay the council for the rental of the land. We pay our staff. We pay our wages. We pay our insurances. We pay for absolutely everything. We pay for licence to have the toffee apple stall. We pay for permission to bring caravans. We, we do everything we have to do. We charge the same money as we charge on the mainland and that's how it come about that we came when the TT was on. We were very nervous about coming in the beginning because we thought, take all this extra expense out, there won't be any money. But what happens is the, the TTs at a time when the bank holidays have finished it, the UK and it's a quiet time. The kids are all back at school, etc. And we get, we think, we get about 20% uplift from the TT race goers. That's all. The bulk of the money comes from the islanders, 80% of it. And that's the reason we came there, because that helps us towards the shipping, etc. Because we have no government grants or support of any description. We pay for absolutely everything, 100%. It's self-financing. The government told us that the TT organisers wouldn't be supporting the fair this year, but we could apply on our own, which we have done. Somebody in an office somewhere helps us with the bookings of it. You know, we, we tell them we want to bring, come on that day to get off the team packet, we want to get on site, and they, they tell us, yes, we can do that. So what they've said now is that they won't be liaising on that bit. We have to liaise directly with the team packet, which we do, and we pay them anyways. We also pay the council for the use of the land, so somebody will have to make that decision. So really, the support we get is basically uh, a nod of an head. 
That's it for update tonight, compiled from the resources of Manx Radio's news department. Thanks to newsreader Dave Moore, producer Rhian Evans. Stick around. What is love with Christy DeHaven is on after the news at 6 o'clock, and I'll be back tomorrow at 5.30. W-I-N-T.